Hi, this is Ralph, and welcome to this 11th and final episode of Technology Evolutions and Revolutions. Look to the past to better see the future. As this is the last podcast in this series, before I go any further, let me assure you that if you've enjoyed some or all of these episodes, please watch for some new podcast series I'll be starting shortly. In any case, we started this episodic journey through the evolutions and revolutions of technology several months ago during the start of the COVID-19 virus pandemic. I mentioned in the prelogue episode that my motivation for creating this podcast was twofold. First, for those in the field of IT or some related IT field, I'm driven by the idea that at this point in my career, it's my responsibility to share my experience and insights with others so that they may see the myriad of today's technologies and directions clearer than they otherwise would have and be better at understanding technology directions than I am when they get to my point in their career. And for others, I believe we're standing at the beginning of a technology revolution not just a technology evolution, and you need to make some smart choices on how you will consume those technologies of the future. I've tried to make the case throughout these episodes that I think it's extremely important to think differently about how we consume technology. By that I mean what we use it for and how we use it. The technologies of today impact our lives in many ways. The technologies of tomorrow will have a much more significant impact on our lives and how we live them. And we'll need to make some smart and informed choices on what technologies we consume and how we consume them. I've started each episode with the common byline. Will we consume more and more technology? Or will those same revolutionary technologies consume us? And please join me on this episodic podcast journey that I'm hoping will help us make smarter choices on how technology will impact and arguably change our lives. I've tried to paint a picture with words relative to how technologies have evolved and the trajectory that they've taken and how that trajectory sets us up for what's coming next. I hope I've brought to mind the first three industrial revolutions and how the fourth industrial revolution the one that we're just starting now differs from the other three, and as each of those have differed from their predecessors. I'm hoping by now that you all get the point that I've made repeatedly about the fourth industrial revolution, that it's not just another technology evolution as some would have you believe. It's truly a business model disruption, a disruption in how businesses will offer products and services a disruption, a change in how we will consume products and services, and a disruption, a change in who will consume them. I spoke about some examples of these disruptive changes in the medical and insurance and transportation fields, and how AI and data analytics is changing what's possible. I discussed the role IoT devices are having on the collection of good, clean data that's so important to data analytics and AI. And I spoke of AI being in its infancy at this time. And so now, in this concluding episode, I guess it's time to get to the heart of the matter of where these new technologies, specifically AI, may be going and some concerns 
I think we should all have. If you've been able to track the technology evolutions I've spoken about in these episodes, and if you've been able to see and appreciate that trajectory, then along with the disruptive changes brought about by the fourth industrial revolution, let's see where the future may lead us. At the root of all technology is the network. So let's start by considering what the network of the future will look like. Today, so many companies like AT&T, Verizon, and others have a significant investment in their infrastructure that delivers their communication circuits, the internet, to businesses and homes alike. This infrastructure can be wired or wireless, but regardless, the infrastructure transmits voice, data, and video from business to business into our homes as well. But realistically, it only works where companies like AT&T, Verizon, and others have invested in the infrastructure, the wires, the cable, the fiber, the cell towers that allows us connectivity. For other areas of the world where that investment has not taken place, maybe very rural areas of third world countries or wherever, it becomes difficult, if not impossible, to connect to the rest of the world. Now, I guess you can add satellites to that network infrastructure as well, but today, satellite connections have some limitations in terms of speed and interference, both natural and man-made. I certainly believe there will be many improvements in the wired network technologies. Obviously, more and more copper cables will be replaced by fiber cables, and while this will allow faster transmission rates for sure, it will always be subject to the investment in the infrastructure to get to locations worldwide. Nevertheless, I think fiber will be the backbone of networks for some years to come. We're starting to see advancements in wireless network technologies today, with 5G rolling out and 6G networks on the near horizon. There's been a technology specification around for years that says it's capable of transmitting data and voice and video over the existing infrastructure for electricity, our power grid. That may surely get us places where we're not already, but to me that still seems dependent on the heavy burden of some type of ground-based infrastructure to get us there. I've often wondered why we don't make better use of satellite connectivity. I mean, today, satellite companies transmit mass volumes of data and video around the globe 24 by 7. Yet, satellite-based internet seems so slow. Maybe it's because some of the satellites from which we consume entertainment and internet are some 22,000 miles away in geocentric orbits. Maybe the investments being made in low-orbit satellite communication by Musk or Bezos or Branson will be the ticket to the future. More likely, it'll be a combination of all of the above to make it a truly connected world. In any case, as we gain more and more connectivity worldwide, we'll be able to get and exchange data with more people, from more IoT devices, from many more places. Of course, we'll store all of this data in the cloud and the cloud, by definition, is connected by these networks to all of us. It will then be the mission of the already exponentially growing field of data analytics to make sense of all this data 
and the neural networks and machine learning algorithms we spoke of in previous episodes to make it meaningful to us. And data analytics and neural networks and machine learning will take massive amounts of computing power, which of course will only be available in the cloud. And I believe all of this will be consumed by us through various forms of AI. It will likely start by following the path we're on today, AI being delivered through smart devices or computers. Oddly, the term computers will fade in the future. AI will be delivered on worldwide connected networks to apps on smart devices of all types. I believe the device types themselves will evolve significantly from the smart devices we all carry today to maybe smaller wearable devices and, and maybe in some cases to devices that are actually implanted in our bodies. Imagine that. And of course, let's not forget the rapidly advancing field of robotics maybe biorobotics, or the combining of the fields of biomedical engineering and cybernetics and robotics to develop new technologies that integrate biology with mechanical systems to develop machines that imitate biological systems. Or maybe even nanotechnologies capable of creating superprocessors at the atomic or subatomic level. What will all this mean to us? How will we consume all of these new and exciting technologies? Listen, I don't pretend to be able to predict the future, nor do I pretend to know what all the new technologies will be. Those that I've previously mentioned are already defined and being explored and developed. I'm sure there'll be many more technology advancements that will be derived from these new technologies as well. What I do believe, however, is that how we interpret or react or consume these technologies will have a significant impact on our lives and the societies in which we live. In the last episode, I spoke of AI being in its infancy, responding to our needs and giving us what we want, or learning our behavior patterns and giving us what advertisers want us to have. I hinted AI wouldn't stop there, and like some others, I actually fear it won't. Allow me to explain. So if AI can learn from our behaviors and by using vast amounts of accumulated data about us, respond with what we want, then is it not a natural progression, a future data point on the technology trajectory line we've been following, that AI will next deliver information to us and perform tasks for us based on what it thinks we want, based on the data defining our behavioral patterns, or maybe on what it thinks we should want. How do you feel about that? How will you react to a machine telling you what it thinks you want? In the beginning, the machine will surely miss the mark, and what it thinks you want may not be what you really want at all. But over time, and through the aforementioned technologies, AI will likely get smarter. And what it thinks you want will likely hit the mark more frequently than not. As AI matures, I would suppose that the giving you what it thinks you want will be helpful in performing ordinary tasks. 
Some would argue that having a machine perform more ordinary tasks will free us up to focus on the more complex tasks or the bigger picture. Fair point, I guess. I think that might be great for some. I'm not sure it would be great for everyone. If a machine is making decisions based on our past behavior to deliver what it thinks we want, I wonder at what point will we lose our individuality. And I would argue that just because I have a pattern of behavior, it doesn't mean that we as humans can't learn new behaviors, that we can't grow intellectually and change our past behaviors. So at what point does AI begin to stagnate human intellectual growth by performing actions and making recommendations based on our past behavior? I'm sure I don't know where that point is, but what I do know is that we can't just blindly consume these new technologies without being aware of the impact they'll have on us as individuals and our societies as a whole. And now, let me go one step further with how AI might evolve, how it might play. There's one more progression of AI that I'm not sure I'm willing to accept, but others who are, on what I'll call the fringe, see AI as an even bigger threat to individuals and the global society in which we live. They say that there are really three steps to AI. The two we've spoken of, first, AI delivering what we want. Second, AI delivering what it thinks we should want. And the third, AI delivering what it wants. It's that third step that concerns me. Now, it actually frightens me. On one hand, it seems like a logical progression for AI. On the other hand, it would have a profound effect on our humanity, in our global society. Even if AI delivering what it wants is all about delivering good and beneficial knowledge, it's still frightening to me. And if what AI wants to deliver to us is coming from the always-present questionable influencers or the, the bad guys of the time, then the results may not just be frightening, they might be devastating. And so my biggest fear is that based on the continuous, never-ending adoption of all new technologies coming our way, our behavior of blindly accepting every new shiny object, will we, as human beings, be smart enough to draw the line that keeps us from being consumed by the future AI. In closing, I hope you've enjoyed this journey through the past of technology evolutions and revolutions. I hope you can appreciate the time we're now in, the fourth industrial revolution, and the revolutionary changes that technology will be bringing our way. I'd be happy to hear from any of you on your thoughts about the future or any feedback based on this podcast series, you can contact me at rdp42 at msn.com. Thank you for your kind attention throughout these episodes. Please watch for other podcasts from me coming out soon. Until then, stay well and take care of each other.